Hello, this is another episode of Zeno Chat. Uh, my name is Tyler, one of the hosts, along with my co-host, Justin. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Alright, and we're on to another part of love. So we got our returning guests. Uh, first up, we got Kat. Hello. Okay, and we have Mary. Alright, and then we have Nick. Hello, I'm back. Alright, so we'll uh, try our best to keep this as the last part in our series on love. I mean, we don't really have too much Zeno left to uh, cover un- unless we get another Zeno game in, in the no, future. No, not really. But... We just have Torda now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, so um, before we get into that, we'll uh, let's talk about the news. Yeah. We do have some really big news. Maybe. What if they rewrite the parts of hearts? Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, um, Xenoblade was uh, revealed to have a remaster slash remake. I, I, I'm not certain which it it's like, is exactly. I, I think it's like a, a remake, honestly, with extra stuff, because at that point they pretty much retouch all the graphics and all that stuff, so I think it's a bit higher than just a simple remaster from what I've seen. Right. Yeah. So the, you know, unfortunately, uh, in today's day and age, the line between remaster and remake is kind of blurred. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of people just fight with each other as to which one is which and get kind of caught up in all the semantics of it all. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know how many times I've seen people be like, no, that's a remaster, you idiot. <laughs> or like, oh no, that's a remake. They totally changed that one pixel, bro. No, what are you talking about? That's a remaster. Do you know how many threads I've seen with that, like, exact exchange? It's stupid. <laughs> So, I'm just going to say, we're going to get Xenoblade 1 again. There you go. <laughs> hey, what are yep. we making here? And as people pointed, <laughs> it seems like they had it, like something like the, the shoulder of, I think, was it Byroness? Yeah. The Byroness' yeah, shoulder. They seem to have yeah, added extra content. stuff there, so I'm looking forward to see where that goes. It's a definitive edition, which definitive. means that they more accurately define everything. And they added the UMN encyclopedia into the game. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be kind of helpful. That, yeah, that would be Yeah, cool. That would be really helpful. And, and every time you, you know, read it, I, it's um, always talking. <laughs> that would be cool if you narrated everything. Nice. You know, I was uh, kind of wondering if, like... They're going to rewrite the uh, ending to Xenoblade 1 to take into account Xenoblade 2. Yeah, that could be cool. But it kind of already does. Like, there's a couple minor things that, like, people argue over. Like, there's just tiny details, like, things that aren't named. Uh, But, like, the connection's already there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just wondering if they're just going to make it um, a little bit more explicit. So, like, mm-hmm. oh, probably not to speculate. So, like, for example, show the Zohar. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Although I don't want to speculate they too did, much. They did only show it in the. I think we had the background a bit in Zelda One. I can't remember, but if I remember right, I think I saw it once in Zelda One because mm-hmm. I remember like watching the cutscenes and being like. <gasps> <laughs> at that point. <laughs> but yeah. 
I'm trying to think back I'm to trying, that actually because. But I think I think we saw it back because I remember seeing a scene where he pretty much destroyed the world, but I think it was with the cut the the kind of quality cut scene of Zelda One. So I kind of remember ish, but. I'm pretty wrong. sure I at least remember a shiny cross-shaped light, possibly, but I'm not sure. Yeah. On it was the so. like maybe maybe it's because I'm fusing the memory of the scene in Xenoblade Two and the scene in Xenoblade One where Klaus is talking. Uh, just like yeah. Uh, I don't remember it appearing in Xenoblade One because I'm pretty sure that was the whole point of Xenoblade Two was that it showed the Zohar. There's actually a comparison video. Yeah, um, I'm oh, looking at it right, right now. I don't see the Zohar in the Xenoblade One version. Okay, so if anything, if they're if they're redoing all this other stuff, I think they're going to stick it in. Do mm-hmm. they even reference like directly the conduit in the first one? Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't. I don't remember. I don't I would have to remember. But I think they probably. Yeah, I don't think they would have referenced. It as the conduit because in Xenoblade One, I, I don't think they would have used that same kind of terminology. Yeah, I don't. There are a lot of people who are probably going to be upset at how little we remember about this, but you know, <laughs> yeah. It's like, how dare we not remember this Stanley Kubrick level masterpiece? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you forgot the most defining moment in the entire game. I mean, we know the gist of it. Yeah. We got the Spark Notes edition, right? Yeah. Oh, please don't hate us. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, like, I did want to details. mention. There's a lot of details in the whole series. It's easy to miss, like, little points oh, yeah. here and there, like, when it's been a while. So. <laughs> I did want to mention something that I don't suspect will happen, but would be kind of cool in a way. If, like, mm-hmm. since there's the whole, would you like to change the future thing going on, what if they had, like, alternate endings? Well, that's um something people have been saying. Uh, I've heard a lot of people go on about how they should have an alternate ending where Shulk ends up with Melia. You know how many fans that would probably piss so off to people, have an alternate. I'd be happy with so that. Do you know how many fans would love that? Oh yeah, they would. But obviously, like it would, it would so it would be such a divisive thing. Yeah, another straight ship war to avoid. It's like you know how we avoid straight ship wars. You want to ot three further. Divide Zeno fans in general into Xenoblade Chronicles fans, into Xenoblade Chronicles One fans, and Xenoblade Chronicles Divinity. <laughs> oh my god! No, no. no. <laughs> right. Straight ship wars are a mistake. <laughs> I'm just here well, to foretell of the bad futures. But yeah, that's uh, yeah. So I guess back on topic, uh, you know, Xenoblade One. It's coming again. It's coming to the Switch gonna have better graphics we don't know anything about the gameplay and in that trailer we only ever saw a uh, shulk a uh, rain or ryan and melia and fiora we have we not saw, seen we Dunban. saw halvis in a cloud <laughs> a fog <laughs> right we saw melia's back we haven't yeah. seen her face yeah, yeah, we saw her back. We only saw Alvis, and right? it looks like they have new outfits too. Uh, well, that could be also that they took a shot with like one of the costumes on or something. Because I think in the intro when we see him sleeping, like I would have to rewatch again. But I think he had his like normal outfit. But like in that shot where it's in the back, where you see the shoulder, 
he has like a more simple clothing thing, but I mean, there's a lot of yeah. costumes in Little Man One, so it could be that it's just it, exactly. So it could else. be an alternate one. It's just it's just interesting because it seems like maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like nobody knows what outfit that is. Could because somebody was making it a could be new armor. Yeah, because somebody was making a point that like even the Monado looked yeah, different. Yeah. I've been oh, hearing yeah, that same thing. People. Yeah. And I actually am looking at a picture of the dragonfly shot right now. And I mean, as far as I can tell, yeah, it's it's the same. But it, it's hard to tell at that angle with the giant dragonfly in the way. It's, it's kind of but Yeah, uh, I'm very curious game. to see. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, yeah, I was going to say, I'm very curious to see um, how that game ends up. Like, what they're going to do with the battle system, that's a huge question. Um, how they're going to handle the heart-to-hearts is another big one, too. Uh, whether or not they're going to be adding more story elements, uh, if they're going to add more to Charla's character, and, of course, whether or not they're going to get Melia's voice actress back. Yeah, because she's big time now. Yeah, yeah uh, Jenna Coleman, right? Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's gonna be kind of interesting to see if she will come back to do new lines oh, for Melia, or if they're going to do like a weird thing like they did in Tales of Vesperia, where they had like two uh, voice actors. Again, this is not doing... handled by Namco, so I'm not too worried in that amount. Well, I think <laughs> there's also that. Um, did you guys see that tweet that Adam Howden, voice of Shulk, yeah. had where he's like, yes. I, yeah. "I've just finished on." Some big project he he kind of like teased yeah, right it was before like, that announcement. He was like Bagel Carrot or something. Like <laughs> that has I a few people worried. A, yeah, I also had a, saw a tweet, or well, I think I saw it in Hugo Banda's uh, Discord, but of like the Japanese voice actor for Ryan had like no idea about this game's existence or the or the definitive edition's existence. I thought that was kind of weird. Oh, that's weird. Oh, so just the right. something. Uh, also, uh, there's another new that is pretty big. Is that the figurine of Cosmos finally has the orders opened? Hmm. Oh yeah, I think we, I think we talked yeah. about. Did we talk about the last, last time? It was still not up, so no. <laughs> <gasps> oh right. Oh, we we talk about how the. It was the, coming the, when the we colored. did not know what. Oh, yeah. The... And right. it's going to yeah, release in, up now. It's going to release in May 2020, uh, assuming there won't be any delays, as figurines like these often have delays. But, yeah, the pre-orders are open on Amiami, and they're still yep. available. So, yeah. Yep. So, you know, get that paycheck ready, because <laughs> this thing is... This thing is two hundred and five and seventy five cents US. I think I'm like the odd one out on this because I ordered mine on Amazon Japan. Wow! But that's just to say you can do that too if you'd like. <laughs> I didn't know that Amazon Japan had it because Heavy uh, Heavy seems to have an exclusive uh, sale on it or something. It's even the same price. did not have it in the end. Like Heavy seems to have like the, the monopoly over it, so. Uh, and I believe Good Smile also has an English website where you can order directly from them as well. 
you can. Yeah, they, they definitely yeah. have an English website. <laughs> because I ordered uh, the Zelda Nindoroid through them directly. But I don't have an AmiAmi like, account. And I did an mm-hmm. Amazon I Japan, and that's why I went through Kasi. them. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, on AmiAmi, what's cool, I don't know about all the other places. Like, I know Amazon is usually you pay when it comes. But AmiAmi also has that now, which surprised me because back in the days when I tried to order something, they would for- try to force me to pay, uh, like, up front. I was just like, ah, maybe not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're. They pretty much let you pay only when the figurine comes out, so it's good. Like, you have time to save up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, is there any other news? Not that, it, uh, not that I can think either. of. Any closing thoughts okay. on said news? <laughs> well, I'm just surprised that the Xenoblade Definitive Edition is coming out next year. I'm like, like this mar- month marks the one year anniversary of uh, Torna, right? Yep. So it's just yeah. like, yeah, I, it's kind of surprising. I wonder if like they're, yeah, it's like is I wonder if this is being made by their main studio or if another. But at the same time, like they they kind of expanded hardcore lately. Like it's crazy how much stuff they have extra now, and but it's also crazy to think that they have this going on. They have some of their team helping on Zelda Bread of the Wild 2. And they have like their mm-hmm. other project we know nothing about on the go as well. So it's just like, whoa. <laughs> That's also one I'm looking forward to hear about, but I bet we're gonna hear about it mostly after Zelda Blade 1, possibly. Mm-hmm. I think the other day when I looked, they don't even have a Wikipedia page that or anything on the Wikipedia page for the definitive edition yet, but that was like two or three days ago now. Mm. So it's it's hard to say. Alright, well. I, I will also say uh, one final comment on this. Uh-huh. I, I think we should acknowledge just how incredible it is that a Xenoblade announcement is used as kind of like, you know, the showstopper. It's Right at the yeah, end of the direct. Yeah, that's usually like the big reveal right. thing. Yes. The big fall direct, no less. I think that's a pretty big thing. That's huge. And when we can consider, you know, just not even that long ago where this company, Nintendo, they didn't even, they weren't insanely confident in this game. You know, like, it was then always had kind of a troubled release. Yeah. Yeah, that's, now we yeah. are the uh, tag team holding title, the the champion, <laughs> Nintendo champion, before somebody we're else the, knocks us down. <laughs> we're the cool kids now. Yeah. Yeah. Move a step aside, Fire Emblem. <laughs> Wait until we yeah. get more characters in Smash. We'll be even cooler. Oh, yeah. One can dream. Yeah, that's another thing. That new DLC pack. They're actually going to bring more characters, so I guess we have a little extra hope, maybe. You know, that's probably kind of news. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when you you can put in a Goemon costume and Terry Bogard as a playable character... I believe anything can happen. And Sons? Anything can Sons happen. Sons from Undertale? 
And Sam, yeah. yeah. That is so ridiculous. Did you guys see his tweets about that? Not to get too off topic, but I'll just mention really quick. Mm. They were kind of amazing. No, I did see. Because he was like, so yeah, uh, Sakurai and I played, and we did this, and then he drove me home, and we talked about this, and he didn't mind my broken Japanese, and I'm like, he drove you home? You just straight up hung out with Sakurai like that? Okay, <laughs> sure. This is Toby Fox? Yes, yes. Sakurai Toby also Fox. talked yeah. about okay. it in the direct, actually. It was really funny. <laughs> I was just like, what? Oh, I missed that part. <laughs> oh man, it was his, his, his jokes uh, about because you had the regular direct, and like after the direct, there was like a video with Sakurai talking about Smash and stuff, and that's oh. in there that he talked about that. One of my favorite parts was him telling everyone to go play Banjo Kazooie on the Xbox 360. Yeah, <laughs> wow, he got he got laughs on stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was people. He got laughs on stream for that. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, so I let's move on to love. Let's talk about love and Torna. Woohoo! All right, the main event. Woo-hoo! Yeah. All right, All right. So, so we'll uh, start from the the top, like the I guess you could say the kind of the big biggest kind of showcase of love in the game and that would be the relationship between Jin and Laura yes I love their relationship it's so so like cute and awesome <laughs> like I can never tell it's not quite romantic love or do you think it's ro- well it's love? more like they're really close in the sense that they've been together for like a long time and mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just so cute and like you can see they're really attached to each other oh yeah well I mean Laura does mention like swooning a few times yeah. and it seems a little bit romantic to me <laughs> yeah yeah in her case uh, I'm pretty sure yeah Jenna though maybe I think that maybe was Jenna's the implication <laughs> that sense <laughs> or just stoic I don't know yeah Some line. What? Jin, you didn't even realize, did you? Sometimes you'll say something and I'll just swoon. But I don't think any girl could refuse you. No, no, I didn't mean to. Nah, you're smooth and you know it. Well, to be honest, Jin is very stoic. Jin is stoic, but to be honest, I also think that um. Uh, one of the big problems with their relationship, at least how it's portrayed in game, is it just boils down to how, unfortunately, Laura was very much shafted in what I believe was supposed to be her own story. Yeah. Like, I felt like she didn't get enough screen time as much as she deserved. She did. She got quite a bit, like, up to a certain point. But then mm-hmm. once Adam came into play, it kind of just became about him and Mithra. And I felt like the whole Jin and Laura thing kind of got cast it aside. We had a couple scenes here and there, but it was nothing that really portrayed their relationship like to the same level yeah. as it was implied in Xenoblade 2. And I guess that's probably one of my biggest problems with Torna. Yeah, I guess. But at the same time, like, even if they didn't have that pretty seeds, like, 
you can see there's something really like precious within these two. Like even even Jin, oh, like absolutely. The, the way you look at her, like it's just so like even though he's stoic and kind of like you know more distant with most people, like you look at her and like you can feel the warmth and stuff. Like he he really yeah he really loves her in a way. Like just. Like it's a person that you respect and everything it just shows and I mean you would not have got this inside if not like for the fact that he was disattached to her, you know. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and like I think uh unless I'm mistaken, uh Laura awakened him when she was a kid or a teenager. A kid, mm-hmm. pretty much. A she kid. was very young. Yeah. So he he essentially watched her grow up. So if anything, I think like big brother figure. But that's just me. Like I know there's people who probably ship the ship the crap out of them, and that's our. I can't. That's I can't right ship them myself because mm-hmm. like, I find them cute. It's... <laughs> Whenever you get into the myth, the, like the whole blade thing, it always gets weird with that because it's always going to be the thousand year old elf that the, you know, the twenty year old looks like a like two year old too. Yeah, the thousand year old dragon. Yeah, that that sort of thing. And you know, I I think it's oh, I they're both adults. I think it's okay to ship them. Yeah. Uh, I personally, mm-hmm. I, I personally I do, but you know, I also think that I, I mean I agree with you on this. I think that this story kind of became like from a character growth perspective. I feel like it became more about just Mithra at the center and. They felt a bit more supporting. It's not that they didn't have something. It's more like Mm -hmm. that Jen and Laura had something develop before this game started. And in some ways after, if you consider like the word, how far Jen goes after in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. But Mm -hmm. it it feels like, oh, this is like backstory to them. But this, the, the main focus of character growth here seems to be Mithra in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think, uh, like, Jin and Laura, you can kind of look at the relationship in a couple ways. Um, you can look at it as a romantic thing, right? You can also potentially look at it as a big brother thing. And I also think that another way you can interpret it, you can interpret it as they've been through so much together and maybe feelings blossomed later on starting from Torna, like, instead of Torna being when they were already kind of, like, had those feelings, what if those feelings developed towards the end of Torna, and unfortunately, neither of them were able to really confess those feelings, which would make what would happen to Laura all the more dramatic. Yeah. And also very Zeno. <laughs> yes, I was just about to say, that's pretty much Shulk and Fiora, but <laughs> that's another story. Yeah, without the changing of the future. So, do we move to the next one? Yeah, so in that case, let's talk about Jin and Mithra's relationship. (laughs) The good cook versus the bad cook. (laughs) (laughs) You can't be that fiery a Sundari and still be that great a cook unless your passion is just channeled completely into the food and I think the only place that I've seen that work was Food Wars. Oh my god. But, uh, yeah, like, I'd say they have a big, like, thing of, like, love and hate relationship in a way. Like, they always have 
are a bit like rivals, <laughs> I feel like. Well, at least they act a bit like rivals would do. Like, they always... They always pretty much getting on each other's back. Well, I can say Jin definitely looks at Mithra like a spoiled child or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's my feeling on that whole thing. Yeah, pretty much. And Mithra is just like... <laughs> but, like, at the same time, I feel like they still have a sort of respect for each other. It's just that at first they really don't really like each other. It doesn't feel like it, but I think it builds up over time. And even like when you go into like Zillblade Two, like there's a few times later on in the game, whenever you're alone with Jin and stuff, where you see a couple of scenes of like, well, you know, maybe like there's something that built up and stuff, especially that one scene when he protects her or like he grabs her as she's pretty much trod. I was just like, well, you know, like, that that was kind of cool. And, like, you can see that he, he cared about her and stuff. So, in a way, I feel like their relationship started kind of, like, <laughs> pretty much, uh, I don't know, dog and cat kind of relationship. <laughs> and it eventually, like, got a bit better over time. But there was still some kind of bickering each other. <laughs> At least that's the gist of the... Uh, how I grab that relationship personally. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it's it's kind of similar to Mithra and Bridget in yeah. a way. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I see that. You have the advantage of seeing Mithra <laughs> in an even more in an even more extra state in this game. Yeah, and like I think the 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 spoiled child really hits it on the head. It's <laughs> like that's definitely what Mithra is in this stage of her life. <laughs> and she's got that ego really going like hardcore in this one too. Yeah, indeed. Whereas like Jin is just kind of his, you know, he's just his stoic kind of self, and I can see. I mean, I can see that clashing pretty easily. It, I don't know, it's hard to define Jin there a bit, because he doesn't seem like completely, like, it doesn't seem like he lacks confidence so much, but it, it, a lot of the time, but it does, he doesn't flaunt it in any way, so that's definitely a big difference in the two of them. And I and there are a few times in Torna where he makes some witty little snide come comebacks at like Mithra and just different things like that. So Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think the cooking competition side quest was one where I remember that sort of thing happening a few times. Yeah. But, but even yeah. even in their travel, that happened quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and also even in their travel, often like you would go like, oh I'm gonna go cook and like Metro would just be like, what about my cooking? And people would be like, crickets. <laughs> oh my god. There's actually... If we were to... Okay, if we spend any time talking about Mithra's cooking, it's just like, I love that when you go to the campfires to cook, there's like a section for Jen's cooking, 
and it's all like this gourmet stuff. Like just it sounds gourmet. Oh, yeah. It sounds like his food <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> it sounds like food you could not cook at a campfire that easily. And then you go to Mithra's stuff, and it's just like I don't know. I'll put peanut butter on this um, random fish, or you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have like mystery, uh, mystery cooking with pixels over it. <laughs> Roasted Grex tail and I don't know, bunnet sauce. <laughs> bunnet sauce sounds good though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might. It sounds as good as fighting a bunnet. There you go. I mean, considering there are wood bunnets. But you know, like, a bunnet is just a rabbit, so if you cook the bunnet, you can make sauce from it. So bunnet gravy, and then add sugar or salt, and you've got sauce. Oh my god. True enough, true True enough. enough. We're talking about cooking (laughs) fictional creatures now, so it's all good. I like it. (laughs) Xenoblade recipes with cats. Oh god, the funny thing is, though, is that when I started cooking about two years ago, I was as bad as Mithra. Like, oh. <laughs> your food pixelated to... out. All... There have been some experiments that were absolute failures. We couldn't eat them. <laughs> I was like, I... <laughs> I can describe it, but I, I, it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> so it's like Mithra in the kitchen. How do I cook this Ardanian guard? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it was like I, I will tell you one thing: you should not put imitation crab meat uh, in soup. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh! I mean, okay. So, like, we we don't have as many options for that sort of thing around here, and I've seen it in like gumbo, but that's the extent. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to make Maryland crab soup because I'm from Baltimore and I wanted to I wanted to to, to make my grand my grandmother's uh, crab soup, um, but we were poor and I didn't want to spend the twenty dollars for the uh, the can of real crab meat, <laughs> so I decided to get some uh, fake crab meat and tried to cook it with the soup base and it was not good. Oh, no. oh boy! Ooh. I imagine rock crabbles. Pixelated. I imagine rock crabbles would be the ones you don't want to eat the meat from. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or it could be the best it meat. It could be. <laughs> oh, wow. Right. In that case, if we're talking about food, let's uh, let's continue <laughs> on. Fake food. Um, <laughs> I have, like, need to have a cooking episode of all the... the zen- Different Zeno recipes we can. So, is, isn't Mollus yeah. next? Isn't he good food? <laughs> he is the best food. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, relationship of Mollus next. Zeno Chad. So, yeah, actually. Zeno Chad, we talk about snacks. <laughs> yes, snacks. <laughs> actually, I was kind of disappointed in uh, Jin versus Malice in, uh, in this game because, like, it's basically just sort of like. It's like, oh, you're on the the good side. Now I now I fight you. You're trying to stop me. And there was like very little characterization like thrown in there because like when they when Jin and Malos uh, 
become aligned, uh, it's actually a scene in Xenoblade 2, the actual, that, like, explains, oh, hey, I found you, you're still alive somehow, um, you don't have Laura anymore, you look really depressed, I am like you, let's go kill everything. pretty much. And this one... And I feel it was a very, it was a missed opportunity because, like, they could have, like, like, I think that, like, the game cuts off at the most interesting part, uh, and it doesn't explain, like, it creates this gap, and now I'm focused on this gap. It's like, please explain how the bad guys got together, please! (laughs) They could have had this line in the sword fight. I think maybe in their head, because they kind of showed it in, like, Zoblade 2, they felt like maybe they had to focus more on the backstory during the war and not really explain it in Torna, you know? <laughs> For them, like, I have the back out scene was maybe enough. <laughs> so I have two things about it's this. never enough. That kind of make me laugh, actually. And it's that, like, I have, I was like, I imagine in the sword fight you could just insert a part where Jin's, like, clashing swords with Malos and he's like, admit it, Jin, you're just like me! <laughs> And then the other thing that I thought of was when you said in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, the actual, I'm like, that's going to be like the definitive edition. It's going to be like Persona 5 The Royal, (laughs) Xenoblade Chronicles 2, the actual. (laughs) I was just like like, grasping at straws trying to figure out a way to say Xenoblade 2. (laughs) No, I I mean, it just made it just made room for a joke there. So we're good. (laughs) It's a good joke. Thanks. <laughs> a plus. Oh man, I've been getting S pluses in Astral Chain lately. Uh, Darn it. Uh, uh, S plus. Thanks. S plus. <laughs> awesome. I wasn't actually begging for one, but thanks. <laughs> All right. A plus is the top tier where I'm from. So yeah. <laughs> it translates. <laughs> so All right. Then uh, do we we'll have move on to Jin? Oh wait. Oh sorry. I was just going to say, did anybody really have anything more on Jin and Malos? Because it's, I don't know, that seems harder to it's talk about. I, I kind of agree with Kat, because... Oh, go on. He? <laughs> oh, sorry. Go on. It's a bit hard to grasp, because there's not, like... There's not a whole lot since, like, the focus... Even though, like, I think he did pass a few comments sometimes for Jin, but, like... Aside from that, it was really more focused on, like, either the entire group or just Adam and, like, Mitra. So, yeah. There was kind of, like, this odd distance in this one yeah. with uh, Malos, <clears throat> between Malos and Jin, at least, a But I think bit. it was just having playtime with the whole group and not really caring that much about one person in particular. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ma- Malos, for the most part, is like kind of like this unseen force for a lot of Torna that that you kind of just see, like the destruction he leaves behind. So it's yeah, he's, yeah. he kind of lacks more of a presence than in the main game. This is a, it was a little bit like the Fellowship of the Ring, and it was like, oh, we're going out, we're gonna go get to that great evil, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Focus on this group, what they're doing right in the now. Exactly. So next, uh, Jin and Mick. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jin and Mikhail. 
Yep. They're both very quiet. They're both yeah. They're both yeah. very yeah. quiet. I don't recall. But I feel much. like they're both very quiet, but still have this sort of very sweet relationship in a way. And like, Big often like would go to him and like start cooking with him and try to learn from him and stuff. And I found this really cute. But I feel like they're they're pretty much like two quiet person meeting up and like having quality quiet time. <laughs> You know what? Think of it this way. They're yeah. quiet, right? Maybe they are communicating telepathically. Oh, I, I knew you were going to say that. Maybe they're like you yeah. on TVs. <laughs> or it's just like the body language <laughs> thing. Like where where <laughs> Mikal goes up and like helps Jim with something and Jim just like smiles. And I also him. love how Mikal just knows what it means. Sometimes Mitra tries to go in the kitchen and he just pretty much goes before she does. <laughs> I feel like it happened once at least where he actually goes to start preparing something since Jin was like doing something else just so that Mitra does not touch the kitchen. Jeez, Kat, speaking of that gap you mentioned, like, Mikhail, I want to see how that happens Mm -hmm. because you go from like, little kid like, who's like, oh, I want some more. Like, Oliver Twisty, (laughs) you know, Style oh, accent going on and nothing. very quiet, and then next thing you know, in Xenoblade Chronicles Two, he's like making wisecracks all the time. You know, mm-hmm. just like yeah, that's what we were saying last episode. I, I probably yeah. did. It's like once again, Takahashi gives us nothing. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, you're taking like he was a kid, and like it, the timeline were between where he was a kid and got bigger and stuff and through all the experience he went through. I feel like he grew up and like started to become more like Yeah, oh, yeah. a lot of it is inferred, but like almost none of what he ends up like is how he is in Torna. Yeah. Some people just say right, read between right. the lines. Sometimes I just want to like see between the lines a little bit more is yeah, all I'm I, saying. I wanna be shown, not told. Yeah. But I mean, there, sometimes if, if not in to every be case. shown that kind of thing, we would almost yeah, like yeah. in between game between the two. So it was just uh. yeah, and just like I, I like I don't know. Like I feel like um, I love Torna. I love the characters. I like what I got, but I I feel like I'm missing a lot of key information about the characters I care about the most. Yeah, I really That's love it. the cast of Torna too, and I I would love to have more. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Especially the ending, I found it, it was lacking a lot. Like, I was like, okay, I know we're supposed to see uh, that one scene in Zillabay 2 afterwards. was like, come on, I want to see. <laughs> but yeah. He's like, let me see her getting iced. Let me see, like, just a little bit more, like a half an hour more. <laughs> a half an hour more would have been. Yeah. Feed me the candy. <laughs> Give it to me! <laughs> oh my god. So, next right. we have yeah. Jin and Hase. Or Ace. Hase or Ace. Hey, I, 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 I try to pronounce it in Japanese-ish because that's how <laughs> it sounds when I read it. You know, doesn't she just have a different name in Japanese? Or is it I think Kasumi? she does, but I, I, think I can't remember. Kasumi. I actually mostly played this one in English. I don't you know. 
I can't remember. I played with the Japanese dub, but like it's kind of hard to remember because they say a different name, but like I'm reading subtitles at the same time. So I think it was it was Kasumi, right? It yeah, could be. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Jin and A's. Uh, well, oh, they. Seem- you know what? I think you're right because Hayes like and. Like Misty from Pokemon is also Kasumi, and that's kind of like the same thing. So I can see them translating it that way. Maybe. Yeah. A mist, a haze, Kasumi for Mister Haze. I can see it being the thing. I'm just saying. Yeah, and they did kind of like, kind of like, sort of translate some of the names. Um. But yeah, Jin and Haze. Like, I don't remember much but- about. I I do remember some interactions between the two, and Mm -hmm. it was mostly uh, around campfires. Sometimes you would have some interactions between them, like how A's would be like, oh, why don't you use me more a little bit, you know? Because uh, often, especially in the beginning of the game, you play a lot lot more with Jill, but then like you start Mm -hmm. playing with A's as well, and she pretty much tries to say, hey, I'm useful too, you know? And Jin's pretty much, like, really sweet toward her, too. And, like, he, he pretty much, like, encouraged Laura to just, like, give her a spotlight somehow. And they seem pretty friendly to each other, too. Even though, you know, Jin is still, like, friendly in his own way. And, like, <laughs> doesn't always show full in the surface. But you can kind of see in his eyes most of the time, like, how, like, he means something in the warm way or something, even though he doesn't really express himself the best way. But yeah, I felt like there was a few small interactions between the two that were really cute. I think that just like by nature of Hayes being, I don't know, she comes off like very humble and very just like nice and sweet in general and just things like that. And so I just I don't see them like being like, particularly, I don't see anything particularly, you know, I mean, I feel like they're, they're maybe, at best, I feel like they'd probably see each other as, like, a brother and sister almost sort of thing, except for, like, they're just, I don't know, they're just really nice to each other, they're, you know. Or they're just good friends, you know? They're just, just they, good friends, They're, they're yeah. going together in travels with Laura, protecting her, and make sure Tara, like, it's cool. Their goals align. Yeah. So, I think Hayes talks a little more than Jen, um, but yeah, definitely because she, she's more she's a bit more social, a bit more like you know, like she's a bit shy, but she's still like social and like very sweet to everyone, and she feels a bit like she would treat everyone a bit like they're her little brother and sisters, and she would take care of anyone that needs help, you know. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to like segue this to that or anything like that. But I was. I was going to say it kind of feels weird. But I feel like I have a little more to say about Aegean than I do about Hayes in this one. Which I just, I really yeah, like. I, I like Aegean. <laughs> well, we'll get to yeah. We'll get to him. We will. We will. So uh, next one. Laura and Mick, which is pretty much, I think, a relationship of uh, 
big sister and little brother kind of thing because they pretty much find him in the village that's been destroyed and she's pretty much like you know you can follow us we're not like dangerous or anything we'll take care of you <laughs> kind of thing yeah Laura's definitely leader uh, like she definitely make, made like a almost like motherly decision there to take Mikael in and just like yeah but she didn't want to just abandon him there and like I mean, Nick was also really, uh, he was really traumatized and a bit shy, a bit hard to open up and stuff, and the fact he opened up to their group, I feel like maybe it'd be a bit harder for him to just be, like, somewhere else with other strangers, because he would have, like, to go back into that process, that whole process of, like, reopening up to new people and stuff when he wasn't really at ease. Even though Nick was still pretty strong, he just was really quiet. And, yeah. Just, I I really love how, like, she she takes care of him, and, like, he also starts, like we said earlier, like, he starts learning how to cook with Jim, and, like, he gets a friend too, which I think we're gonna get to. I'm not sure if I put it on the list. Did I put him? Yeah, I put I put them together. I guess. Yeah. I guess I could talk about them like in advance since I I'm pretty much heading there. But uh, yeah, he he got a friend from from that like which was Milton, and they're pretty much the two kids of the group, and they got together, and Milton's a lot more social and kind of like pretty much helping him a lot to open up I feel like because of the Mick and Milton's relationship is a little more like I feel like it goes a little further with all of that because I feel like Milton is kind of the one who brings Mil- Mick like out of his shell I feel like yeah I, I feel like what probably influences the future Mick in a lot of ways is probably Milton yeah definitely and, um, it, I mean, not in every way at all, but I, I mean... Yeah, it's, it's definitely there. I have this inner, these inner thoughts, uh, just like theories, I guess, about that maybe Mick became kind of the way he was, he is in two because of losing Milton or something to that effect. Because I feel like, oh, they're completely different in, in Torna, and then... Just like you see, like through the side quests and everything like that, like that Milton or that Milton's always like happy go lucky and he's always like supporting Mick in these ways. And they're both kids, they're both around the same age. And mm-hmm. Mick, you know, he's kind of got this, you know, really quiet, like, he's very like shy in a way and very quiet and just. Do, it doesn't seem at times you look at him and it's like does is this kid just too traumatized to like you know say much of it or anything or feel any way about anything uh, and then like later in the game you see like where he starts like not very much of it but where he starts saying a little more or like where he will make like a slightly witty comment or something like that and that's mostly in the side quests even but it it definitely it definitely showed that Mick 
like the whole like Milton definitely rubbed off on him a little bit in some way. Um, mm. There were times at which it didn't seem like he even returned the friendly feelings towards um, Milton that Milton had towards him. And then later, I feel like he did some things or said some things that kind of proved that completely wrong and that, you know, Mick just was not good at expressing himself, but he was getting better slowly. Yeah. Yeah, I really love their relationship. It was nice. Like, I feel I feel like Laura kind of helped open up a bit, and then, like, he met Milton and helped, like, tremendously because they were always hanging out together, and Milton was always trying to, like, understand him and, like, get him out of his shell, but, like, I don't think it was really any anytime like forceful i think it's more like he he had like a sort of understanding of him and he was trying his best his best to help him and like talk to him and give him attention and stuff and like make also got attached to jen with all that cooking (laughs) cooking bros (laughs) Uh, but yeah it's a cool relationship so Shiri, we move to the next one, which is another big one. That is Adam and Mithra. She's uh, the two maids after they kind of come in, in a way. Yeah, basically the two lead characters of Torna. So I guess, like, Adam is pretty much the counterbalance of Mithra. He's always there to kind of put her in her place. But he also is also, like, so freaking nice that he has trouble to like put discipline yeah, and he, stuff. Like, I don't, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember him clapping back at Mithra the way Mithra snipes at him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he's and always think- really calm, and I guess like what I meant to say was that uh, he's always kind of there to at least try to defuse. Yeah. Mithra? Yeah. I guess that's probably the way I should have worded it. There is times, though, I don't remember the exact dialogues and stuff, but I remember there was times, though, where Mithra was about to do something and he legit said no. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, there was a scene like that. I I know which one you're talking about. Because I do remember that, too. Yeah. Yeah, Adam is very much just the good boy. He's the good boy that (laughs) was protected. Uh, he cries that's so all much. I say. He cries so much. Like... He laughs so much. He's such a good being. Like, oh my god, I love him. <laughs> I feel like um, Mithra is to Adam is like Adam getting in that dad practice a little bit. Like he's got that goofy dad vibe a little bit to me in a way already <laughs> because he like he's jokey and but he's very like he's already really good at it because he doesn't fly off the handle like at all. You know, he doesn't get like worked up too bad. Yeah, pretty much. He, he's just like, yeah, he's very calm. He, the way he handles things, it's like, oh, seems like they've been together for, you know, at least a little while because he knows how to handle her pretty well. Like to just to talk her down, really. Yeah. He'll just, you know, he'll, he's got this sense of charm to him. That I feel like he could just say, oh, now, just don't do that kind of thing. And, you know, you'll probably be, yeah, okay, I should just be chill because, you know, you are. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he, he's a good boy. And, like, they have, they have, like, pretty much that kind of relationship where 
you know, as you guys said, like he kind of stops her a bit whenever she's about to do something bad. <laughs> but also, uh, trying to remember, but like, was I meant to also say, like, near the ending, how, like, their relationship goes maybe a bit to a darker side because of the fact that Mitra is pretty much shocked incredibly shocked and broken with everything that happened and he still like still like comforts her and stuff and like you know such a good beat <laughs> but that's I, I wish we would have seen we would have seen more in that hand too because like they kind of leave after everything's done and like Mitra is stirring yeah. to Pyra but we don't really see like how he sealed her and like how he left, where he left, what he did. Like we know that he went to the Fonset village afterwards and he found in some stuff there because we know a bit because of Fezerda talked about it before, but like we, we haven't seen anything in that sense. And that's maybe another thing that I wish I would have seen at least a tiny bit of like what he did after all of that stuff, you know? <laughs> because mm-hmm. and like <laughs> and like even his even his wife is just we never see her. It's just like, oh she's in my yeah, house. I, yeah, I would have thought she would have thrown I I, I would have thought she'd have at least shown Yeah, up. but she never showed up. She's just in the house somewhere. But we never see her. <laughs> We meet Adam's dad, Adam's um, uncle, and like his entire posse, but not yeah, his wife. Basically, it's crazy. But they do talk about his wife. There's that. But yeah, that's all. <laughs> she exists. It's like she's she's pregnant. It's as bad as Arwen in the Lord <laughs> of the Rings books. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Like, oh yeah, she's totally over here. She totally exists. She's making a flag for us, but she's but not yeah, here. I guess she's here to goes, show you there's definitely nothing between This them. goes well into uh, them and like, the country in general and how he's seen in the country. Like, uh, basically, Adam was adopted into the royal family, so he's not a pure blood thing. And like... Oh, yeah, that's right. His brother is pure blood and is like kind of jealous of him because everyone loves him. But I'm like, I'm like, okay, but every, everyone loves him because he's a he's a good being and he's good to everyone. So yeah, I think basically Prince Zetter uh, exists to make uh, Adam look good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like Adam. Like, they, they present him as the kind of character who, in a way, is, like, wise beyond his years just because of what he's had to deal with in the past. Probably, partially because of that. Um, and it's like, he's got, the. I feel like that's part of the reason he's able to let so much just kind of roll off, you know. Whenever, he's just, like, so, yeah, just kind of go go with the flow a little bit, but also, like, he... He plays a bit goofy and a bit dumb, and he can diffuse situations because of just like how he presents himself. And I feel like part of that probably has something to do with how he was just brought up. Yeah. As in that position where he's not the true heir, really, but 
you know, he's he's dealt with the prejudices, but he's just kind of learned to roll with it. Like, that's just the way he kind of developed. Yeah, but also, yeah, you just you just love to help people in general and stuff, and like he likes treating people as equal and not really as like, oh, I'm almighty and you're nothing kind of thing. Like he treats everyone super well. But I think that's something, it's pretty much what makes so people loves him because he's not like a fake or he's not trying to act almighty, just act like you're equal all the time, you know? Like even, even like when someone says something toward him with like kind of uh, courtesy or like royal title or something, he's just like, oh, please just stop that, <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, I think uh, in in the line of Adam, there's a little bit of Rex in there. It's like he's not like raised as royalty, but he's definitely worthy. Yeah, exactly what I was kind of thinking. Yeah, basically. So, I guess we can move to Adam and Laura, which like I feel they have a pretty good friendship, a pretty good understanding of each other, and also I love how. Our, Adam, like, whenever he meets her and Jin at the first time, it's like, oh my god, you guys are so cool! <laughs> you just spam boys over them. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Like, the face he makes there just kill me. <laughs> that face is kind of a meme. Yeah. <laughs> but he goes to fanboy. Oh god, that face. <laughs> but, like, even afterwards, like, I like how, uh, you know, Adam, at times, he has a bit of, like, self-doubt, like, can he really do this, and can he really, like, manage to keep, you know, Mitra's power on check and stuff like that, like, he has some self-doubts like that at one point, and I know that Laura kind of helps him and, like, listen to him and helps him out on that and try to give advice Does oh, I was gonna say, does anyone else get like this kind of vibe of Laura? Kind of like this is it seems like her first time in like this big of a group, like working with this big of a group of people, and it's like Adam, who's a little bit more used to like leading, and Laura kind of learning to be a leader and maybe seeing a little bit that of that through him in some ways at the same time. Yeah. I think that Laura stands as a pretty good leader on her own, but I also mm-hmm. kind of get that feeling a little bit from like her and Adam's like relationship is just like Adam already kind of knows what it's like. He's already kind of been thrown in that position and she's kind of bouncing off him like you know, she's kind of learning some of that from him is kind of the feeling I had. Well, it's also like uh, because, like, the people kind of slowly take a liking also to, like, what you do to the community and stuff like that, like, you're eventually, like, Laura is eventually pretty much pushed into a position where, oh, like, you're gonna become a knight and stuff, and she's just like, what? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. She's just like, oh, I- I'm not really worthy for that, you know? Just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> But like, she, they, like they all pretty much look at her and they're just like, nah, you're worthy. Just just take it. 
It's like Laura knows how to lead, but she doesn't recognize herself as a leader. Yeah. And I feel like, in a way, he helps her to see that. Yeah. I think know. they both help each other grow, and I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of the impression I got from Adam, is that he was kind of like a mentor Yeah, to but Laura, it seems like even Laura, in mm-hmm. some other ways, was also a bit like a mentor to him. So I think they pretty much help each other with like their old experience and stuff to grow up as characters and I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I could see it being like Laura maybe like learning some of the more leadership kind of qualities from Adam and Adam kind of learning maybe a bit more about just how to just how it looks to just seeing her and Jen together, how well they get along, I feel like Maybe that influenced his relationship with Mithra in a way where actually not even him so much as it did Mithra, because I think like that's the one of the big things that Mithra had as like a takeaway from the two seeing the two of them and how well they worked together and maybe enforced like maybe it was like part of what made her see and, Yeah. Like, but I think it's all, maybe I should try a bit harder to get along with everyone. But I think it's than, also important, like the scene know, I mentioned a bit earlier, like uh when Laura, like, pretty much, I think she, not fully remember, but I think she pretty much tell him that he should trust Mitra and stuff like that and not really doubt her and stuff like that because the thing is, he feels like she's so powerful and can barely hold her power and, like, he's afraid that it might go wrong or something, but, yeah... I think because she doesn't just like exude responsibility yeah. in any way in that game. But I think like both both uh, Adam and Mitra pretty much learn quite a bit from Jin and Laura. And like in the case of Mitra, she she starts traveling with that whole group, and she kind of learns to be a little more social, a little bit more friendly toward these people, even though like she still have a hard time. <laughs> But in the case of Adam, like I said, I feel like Laura helped him have a bit more confidence into his ability to, like, you know, be with his blade and, like, have more trust into, like, Mitra's as his blade and stuff. And, like you guys said, like, Adam also gave some leadership confidence to to Laura in a way, like a few skills there. So, do you guys have anything else to add? No, you guys did a really good job. So, the next one, I put, I had it, because while we were talking about the other thing, like, I was thinking about a specific line, because my friend started Zoomlet 2 yesterday, and I re-saw this Uh cutscene, so I was like, oh, Maybe we should mention that. But, like, at the beginning of Zillowblade 2, like, whenever you're going to that ship, get the Aegis and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. Malos does mention something whenever Rex attacks him about, I can't let him go because those eyes, I should have been, like, more caref- careful or something. And if you met, if you see, like, his eyes are, like, gold like Adams and like I wonder if like they really wanted to do a connection there whenever they did Torna or like not because 
I feel like... There are no accidents. Well, didn't quite a few characters make references that Rex reminded them of Adam? Yeah, because it's optimistic, like, too. Not remembering that, like, right. yeah, Oh, no, they totally eyes, did. The, the same eye color, right? But also, yeah. like, it's the fact that Malo's, whatever he saw him, clo- closer look, he was like, I should have been more wary about him, you know? But mm. I was wondering I mean, if he what- was, like, if we had more details, like, is Rex a direct descendant of Adam in a way, or is he not? Because it feels like he has so much points that are similar in a way, that just... I always wonder, but, like, nothing's really sent there. It's a gap. <laughs> yeah, love that part. But I don't... Yeah, but I, I don't see that as, like, a kind of love. It just... Maybe it seemed like no. Malice was cautious of him being similar to Adam. I, I don't but yeah, love, but though. still, Adam and Malus, like, I would see, I don't know, I would see it as silly as love, as love, I guess, but still, like, the fact that Adam is Mitra's, uh, Adam has Mitra is maybe what's making him go after him, being like, oh, you're the other, like, ages driver. Cool, I'm gonna play with you, though. <laughs> but that's about it. But yeah. That scene where Malos was like, did you see those eyes? <laughs> they were the most beautiful eyes I ever saw. <gasps> Just like that one before. <laughs> I could stare into Rex's eyes all day. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared now. <laughs> oh, it was a big odd. Extended cut. Laura, Laura <laughs> and Ace, which is, uh, yeah, I feel like they have a relationship that's almost as if they were close sisters. In a way. Mm-hmm. And they're even like, oh, but we look so much like each other and we have like the same size and so we can share clothing. <laughs> That whole thing was funny. But yeah, I I really... And later... Huh? I was saying, and later we can paint our nails! <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, just, they have, they have a really cute relationship. And even though we don't have this many scenes with these two, like, I really, I really like them. And although, we do have one scene where she's alone with Laura and she protects her the best she can. Though it's really Jin that saves the day. <laughs> like whenever uh uh that freak kinda comes in, like the the one that killed her parent if when she was younger, like he comes around with like a bunch of people lowering her her blades ability and like she pretty much protects her as long as she can, but She's unable to really use her ability because of the people we took were like not blades and actual mercenaries, so they were not affected by her powers. But yeah, aside from that, I think they're yeah they have like I said more mostly like a sort of sister sisterly love, I guess. Yeah, because I think I I think there might have been some. It might have been unvoiced or some extra scene. It wasn't 
they were talking about something like ghosts or something, and Hayes was getting like. Scared oh yeah, and, like, that's true. Like, I remember. Yeah, like, calm down. There's no such thing as ghosts or something like that, and it was it was it was precious. It was very precious. Yeah, yeah, it's really cute. Oh, I think I know which quest you're talking about. Even, uh, didn't it have? Wasn't there one like that where it had something to do with like cleaning up stuff outside of uh, the city? Um, I can't think of the name oh. of the city. <laughs> Oh, the city in Torna? Yeah. Because they kept on finding, like, this stuff that a monster or something left behind, I thought. Oh, yeah, I think I remember that. Because, yeah, you had to pick up, like, a bunch of garbage or something outside the city. Yeah. Which I just thought was really funny, because it's like, oh, we're, we're about to go save the world and defeat Malos, but let's pick up some garbage first. Okay, I was no, no, that's not the name of it. <laughs> I was trying to think of the name of the city, and I thought Alchemoth, and I'm like, no, that's the first Xenoblade. So yeah, uh, shall we go to the next one? Yeah, let's go on. All right, so Mitra and Bridget, which is like we kind of roughly mentioned, pretty much another rival kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bridget delivers some really sick birds to Mithra sometimes. Yeah. It's just like, she is vicious, though. Oh, yeah, she is. Oh, yeah. Along with the fire. Ah. <laughs> uh, ah. Uh. But, uh, yeah. She's like evil stepsister they, or stepmother yeah. vicious. I don't recall, though. Did, oh. they, yeah. Yeah. did they show that whole thing? Because I remember, like, in Zillable 2, they speak how. Uh, they speak about Bridget's journal in what affinity day you think? I'm not sure. Where, like, they speak of the fight she had with Mitra and how, like, I think she was the one who won so many times and, like, Mitra was a, a loss, I think. I believe they actually discussed that a lot in the main game, in, yeah. like, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, actually, in some heart yeah, to hearts. Yeah, that's the thing, but at the same time, like, I don't fully remember. Did they ever show that in Tornet? I don't freaking remember. <laughs> like, it's only been a few months and I'm already starting to lose a few details. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think they they were supposed, like, around that Tornet time to have some fights going on and stuff, but I don't fully remember if, like, they showed one or if they just mentioned it. Between the two of them, I don't think I remember one. Yeah, but that's what I thought. I think they just mentioned it, maybe. Yeah. But still, well, they have a rivalry kind of thing going on. Yeah, as, whereas, like, Laura and Hayes are kind of, like, loving sisters, these are, like, kind of, like, bitter rival sisters that are kind of mean, mean to each other, but... They, they still appreciate each always... other, it's just they're really mean to each other. Yeah, they're not really good at expressing love towards each other. Nope. I think most of the Mithra versus Bridget discussions are actually in Heart to Hearts in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 rather than in yeah. stuff in Torna, from what I'm remembering. I remember the one in Moritha, for sure, where she talks about mm-hmm. remembering back, and I remember a few things about her journal in the main game and also in Torna, but... 
mostly they just like, oh yeah, she she keeps the journal in Torna. Like she discusses that a few times. So next. All right. Okay. Yeah. Next we have uh, the more ordained uh, peeps, and that's Hugo. Hugo, along with Bridget and uh, I always pronounce his name wrong. A Gion. Yeah, I'm always confused about how to pronounce that name because my 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 French brain also tries to pronounce it at the same time, and I'm just like I'm confused. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's weird that they used. Aegean, uh for his Japanese name, uh, or, or rather, his his Japanese name was not Aegean, and the Japanese name for the Aegis is also not the Aegis. Uh, hang on, I have to, I have to Google. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I, I love I love this trio of people. I love more artists, peep, peeps. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, I guess I'm gonna let the. Uh, I don't know how long Cat's gonna take. Well, the Google. We're gonna talk about a little bit though. Yeah, I have to find. I mean, what were you trying to find? Yeah, we can start. So, um, yeah, you have Ego and Bridget. Bridget seems to like Ego just as much as, in a way, she like likes uh, Morag <laughs> the fake game in a way. <laughs> like it's. However. Um, However, uh, she won't do the heart no, for Hugo. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, but she she still like seems to have uh, kind of a close respect for him and stuff like that still. And Aegean is just... Aegean is as usual kind of quiet. He's like... He's the quiet one with the sword. Okay, so his Japanese name is Watatsumi. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what that that name means, but it's uh, it's it's weird that it's like repeated translation. It sort of like ups his importance a little bit. Uh, but there is there there is none. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was kind of the thing. I was c- kind of hoping he'd get more screen time in the main game, but then he didn't. Yeah. But... He gets a little more in Torna, but not yeah. a ton more. But I like how he's kind of like he's kind of like overly protective of Hugo, and that's kind yeah. Of adorable. He seems a bit like this. Uh... He's Ziggy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's pretty much like the the guy that's a bit fatherly, but a bit like awkward at expressing himself. <laughs> like so... I think he's like. If he is Ziggy, would that make Hugo Momo? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't Hugo a bit more, uh, I don't know, a bit more like, uh, because Momo's a bit more cute and innocent, and Hugo is a lot yeah, more like... Yeah, like, it, Hugo... Yeah, Hugo's... Hugo is basically Morag in a boy's body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But at the same time, like, he's really happy... Like he still has more emotion than more I did in a way. Like he smiles, he smiles yeah, a lot more. more he talks a lot more with people, and like he kind of gets close to his people still. And a lot of people, pretty they're much, they're all different enough. Yeah, pretty much respects him. They're all different enough characters yeah. that it's not super easy to one to one them to any past character anyway. Yeah, but yeah. I will say um, about Egeon actually. 
that I do like what he shows in Torna that he doesn't really seem to show in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, at least that I can recall. And then again, I might not have seen very many heart-to-hearts with him in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 at the same time. However, he does have like this very sensitive side that they that I notably saw in Torna that I really liked about like how he actually was like worried about what they thought of his like cooking and things like that oh, yeah. and how like perfectionist he was about certain things and I really enjoyed that. It was just like I don't know. I see Aegean like he's got like this almost it's kind of a stereotype of just like oh he's got like the odd artistic sensibilities or something you know but yeah i just like see a little bit of that sort of thing in him with what they were maybe going for just like where they're like oh he's worried he actually does worry about this and it's not just all about yeah protecting his lord or master or yeah you know anything like that it's uh, he's he's got a personality there he's got things that he cares about and he's just very proper about so much yeah he's a good beat too it just sucks that he doesn't have that much free time like regardless i think they play off the fact that his appearance is inherently just like a little bit creepy in a way to some like to a lot of them so like he he, like he, it's not that he looks like creepy, really. It's just like that he's so he's otherworldly. Like, it's a very inhuman design, uh, and like people are scared of things that don't that, that they can't see as human-ish. So like it's 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 a hard sell. I get it. He's yeah. got a bad case of mannequin face. So yes, but I love him. Yeah, <laughs> and Hugo himself is like. Like, I really love Hugo so much. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, he's a really fun character. He um, is. Definitely one of my favorites of the new Torna characters. And did I did I really forget to put this on the list? I think I did. How could I? I forgot to put... Uh, I think I forgot to put Hugo in an Adam. Oh, they have, like, the bro. most, like close friendship ever going on and like and like we can't we cannot just pass that because I mean <laughs> like the whole time they feel like they're kind of like the best bros in a way <clears throat> like the long term friendship and like they pretty much they're pretty much like hey how's it been Oh, it's been going, like, what were you up to and all that stuff, you know? Just just two young boys thrown into a leadership position way over there? Yeah, pretty much. So they can relate to each other a lot, and, like, they're just really good friends, and I really love how they interact with each other. Like, they're two good beats interacting with each other, so, yeah. Imagine if you liked your world leaders... Yeah. And there you go. Yeah, be awesome. <laughs> <coughs> so, yeah, I just really wanted to add that really quickly because it's like, we cannot not talk about them. <laughs> oh no, that was a yep. good catch. Uh, so, the next one is Minot and his love for writing, which is 
Something we see quite a lot within Torna, how like he goes around with his little book writing the adventures of people, and like how even in Zillblade 2 it moves on to like him making a theater and like having these plays going on about the past and stuff, and I think it's really interesting. <laughs> I actually that remind that sparked something that sparked a memory in me because really telling about that is just whenever you find the book that he likes in his um like as far as his most loved items and he'll just like oh this one kind of you know I can't remember what he actually says but I it just, that reminded me of it whenever you said that <laughs> yeah such a great story. Yeah, that that, that guy really, really likes books and really likes writing as well, and I think it's really cool. Yeah, I liked how his skill was actually like writing books, and yeah, as you said, like five hundred years later, he has his own theater where he writes his own plays. It's just his love of writing is very admirable. Yeah. So next one, uh, Midod and Malthus. Which is something we don't really see so much. We it's more like praised over, but I think it's more of a in this case it's not so much about love, but more about like he kinda hates no. the guy. <laughs> I'm just gonna make this short for you. Yeah. There is no love there. Nope. He does not like Amalthus at all. No. Nope. He hates him. <laughs> there may have been at some point, but not yeah, anymore. Pretty much. But yeah, I, I still had put it on the list because it was still some kind of relationship that had been briefly mentioned, but like, it was pretty much like, oh, I'm breaking up with this dude. Like, he, he's no longer with him. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it feels like a total breakup island is like total awkward yeah. breakup. Like, the entirety of, well, not the entirety of his character, but it, it leeches into a lot of, of what we're shown of Minoth. I just want to say, as kind of an aside on all this, if you really want to, like, view just, like, little hints of personality that each of the characters show that you might not necessarily catch as heavily in the main games, really nice thing to do is look at the flavor text on the Infinity Charts, because they're pretty fun, actually. Yeah. Um... One that I love particularly for Minoths that I'm looking at now is like, hey, Prince, we're best buds now, right? So, uh, can I borrow a grand? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I never saw that. I don't remember that. Oh my god, this is funny. Not all of them are like that, but there are some really good ones hidden in yeah. there. And it's just kind of a shame because not everyone sees them, you know? Yeah, well, I've, I've went through the modules a few times and looking at these lines, but like, like it's the kind of details that my brain rarely really like remembers. So, well, it's that, and there's so many affinity charts yes, to unlock the things on that so... you're just probably not gonna see all of them unless you just complete everything you can. So, yeah, I I, I just I wanted to point try, that out, but it's like so many blades. <laughs> so yeah. That's this brings us on the next one, which I kind of put on there. Where sometimes, like, I don't fully remember what happens there. Well, um, uh, oh, I put you're, it there. you're the one who put it there. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm the one who did that. It was not a Well, you go. Uh, um, all right. So, <laughs> all right. So, um, Prince Zadar has like maybe three things about him in the entire thing. He's uh, Amalthus's friend, and he was um, one of the ones who tried to awaken Mithra, uh, but she didn't awaken for him and he sort of like goes around like a jilted lover like <laughs> throughout the proceedings he's kind of like commodore norrington <laughs> of the series and like um basically all we know about him is uh what he wants and like seeing him at the end of uh torna like just like it's n- not even dialogue or rather there there is like one there's a couple lines of dialogue that the uh he and Amalthus share and i think it's like i forget what exactly they are but uh it's like they're definitely conspiring and uh when going back to the main game um and you see how Tantal is. Tantal is the way it is because of this guy <laughs> and his friendship with Amalthus. Uh, and that's like, it's definitely destructive, but it's a powerful relationship, like whether it's friendship or like more than that. <laughs> this cool, but <laughs> and that's my thing. That's my thing that I said. <laughs> Very nicely put. Nicely put. But yeah, <laughs> I didn't like. I don't know why I did catch that the, the part with the uh, Mitra earlier. But that's also another thing that he was jealous of Adam. <laughs> yeah, he he just exists as a ball of jealousy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's like he's less fleshed out than Ramses, but he has a very Ramses flavor, which I caught on to, which is why I care about him. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But yeah, Ram's he does. Ramses Light Light. <laughs> He's Ramses LaCroix. <laughs> Diet LaCroix. <laughs> yes. In a way, uh, in a way, we could skip the other ones. Uh, you kind of covered both, I think. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. The next one is uh, Amalthus, uh, the world slash the architect, but possible possible hope that turned into hatred, kind of thing. Oh, that's another that's another one of mine. Um, so basically, um, Amalthus has a lot of feelings about how he feels the world should be, um, uh-huh. and a lot of that was, or actually, they don't even show him in a state where he's not turned in in game. Like I, I thought that they would go over that. I was going to um, say I didn't but, think they did. Yeah. No, that's another thing in the gap. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's like being with the Praetorium and being around the, like the, the, the one-off shoot and PCs that he's surrounded by, uh, in the Praetorium is definitely a sense that he used to believe and he used to try very hard. And back, back when he tried, he was friends with Minoth and back when he tried, he was working with the, uh, the older Pope. I think his name is Redalis, and um, I forgot who Blue Sellers was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Blue. Give me. I'm gonna have to. I, I was like, it's sad because I just saw a thing about him the other day, and I just didn't. 
Yeah. I can't remember it either. <laughs> he just looks like Sellers from Xenosaga. I can't understand. really does. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, it's uh Amalthus being the cardinal villain in Xenoblade 2. Um it's like little bits and pieces, not like not it's not the big chunks that I was expecting to get out of um out of Torna, but it's like it's neat that uh, the threads are there. I just wish they were more well-defined. Because we don't even get, like, an attempt, you know, like, even a prayer to the architect. Like, we have this gigantic, like, church society dedicated to the architect and the world tree, and we don't even really have a single in-world prayer. And and I still cannot even find the guy's name. He's just Blue Sellers, okay? <laughs> blue Sellers. Blue Sellers. That's it. Blue we'll Sellers. Leave it at that. <laughs> oh my god. Well, that was a failure. <laughs> okay, I guess we can move uh, on to the next one. Velta de Mitra? That's a big one. Yeah. <clears throat> Although I'm not quite sure how to start with this one. Fully. Well, we can start off by saying that Milton's kind of the reason why Pyra exists. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, we could we could also go back a little bit before that, too, in that, you know, like, the way that Milton and Mithra bounced off of each other before, too, I mean. Yeah, he was like the bratty little brother. Yep. And mm-hmm. he always got mad. Proved her, um, proved just how grown up Mithra actually was at times. <laughs> In the way that she responded to him. Yeah. Yeah. It really, yeah, showed that she was still, like, pretty much a child herself. Yeah, but, yeah, as you mentioned, like, he's really, like, the reason that pretty much make made her snap because he did not survive this and like that was pretty much like after first like losing also you know like and then seeing him like one of the child that was supposed to be safe die because of her fight with Malos and the the air with the Vex it's just like was a big snap for her and she pretty much Developed this other personality that was that was pirate and pretty much went into sleep because of that. I feel like like it was too she, too much of a shock. She shut herself out from basically everyone and kind of just created this persona. Yeah, that's in a way kind of like this idealized version of herself because she hated herself for what she did. Yeah, basically, even though it wasn't on purpose, and she just was like, look. I'm going to make Pyra, this is who I'm going to portray myself as for the rest of time. This person that I think that everyone's just going to like. This so-called perfect girl. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's really hardcore because, like, the fact that they lose Ego, like, it's what makes her snap and go in the back and go berserk, but then... After seeing the consequences of that, like, it's pretty, like, pretty just does a big snap, kind of. Just, mm. just so hard on her. So, yeah. 
do we add anything more here or do we move to the last one or did you guys have another one like to add i i mean yeah i thought it would have been a lot more but yeah, that that kind of like sums it up really i think for that one yeah so do i move to the next one yes no Yes. Oh boy, yeah, this is a big one anyway. Yeah, so, Malos yeah. and Mitra, so, which are the two ages. I mean, so is this like a some type of twisted kind of love? What? Or? I, I would think sibling rivalry. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Because in a way, I feel like, like we don't really see a whole lot of Torna to really make up too much of it, other than the fact that well, Mitra is also, is pretty much on the side of the flight that tries to stop the darkness <laughs> in a way, but like, aside from that, like I feel we see a bit more of the development more so in the main game, where like it kind of gets a bit further, but at the same time, I'm not exactly sure how to really explain their relationship other than the fact that they always go at each other and like well Melo seems to be more the kind that you always want to have some fun and be like oh come on I, I want to fight my rival I'm having fun here like she she's the only one powerful enough for me to have fun kind of thing <laughs> but I have an idea of actually this um my thought on this is like Malos is he has a lot of resolve for what he's doing. Like, yeah. he's set on doing this, and Mithra just kind of feels a lot like she does not know what she's fighting for in some ways. Like, yeah. she doesn't have it all together. She doesn't, like, she's acts like she's confident about this, but she really is just covering up for that she doesn't. And she feels like she doesn't really know what to do with herself as compared to Malos, who is just like, He's he's already made up his mind. Like whether it's the right choice, he he thinks it is, and he's dead set on thinking that it is, and he's not changing. He's got he's got the will to do it, and um, you, he's got no doubt that he can do it. And then you have Mithra as opposed to that, who is like always downing herself, and he plays into that. He sees it, so he eats at her and like feeds her these lines about how she doesn't even like he knows. He can he can see right yeah. through her, and he exposes her for exactly what she is at times, and that's why he makes such an effective villain a lot of times is because he has the ability the ability to do that to basically the strongest member of the good guys party, and the other guys are trying to help her out. They're trying to make her see this. They're trying to show her what she's. They're trying to like help her realize why she's doing this, what she's here for, and things. To that effect, I feel like, and be support for her. And Malos, he's already got like he, all he needs is himself because he's already made up his mind. Yeah, he just knows how to break her down because of that. Yeah, pretty much. Like I would not have been able to explain it at all because <laughs> I kind of see it, but I was like, how to put it into words? <laughs> just. But, yeah. Oh yeah, just Malice totally toys with her through a lot of this game. So that's that was what I came away thinking yeah. about yeah, all of that. Yeah, it feels a lot like it. But at the same time, like 
around the end of two, it feels like he kind of like I don't know. I feel like there was something else going on around the end of two, but I can't put my finger on it. Like, well, I think that he kind of starts to see a little bit the error of his ways yeah, towards the end of way, two. On that, it's kind of too late. Kind of. Yeah, it's kind of beyond it at that point. It's just like it's kind of like when when fate happens to go not his way he's kind of like well maybe that is the way it's supposed to be kind of thing is the way i kind of felt about that yeah. Yeah. like he doesn't totally just like he's not like the shredder you thought you killed him but he's going to live beyond death <laughs> and just come back and just like no i'm still right kind of thing <laughs> yeah pretty much so i think that Pretty much covers it. <laughs> He's not Dio. Oh, Dio, no. But uh, you know, Xenoblade doesn't have enough JoJo references. Well, there's a couple. Xenoblade, you have quite a few in a way. I mean, like you have Gord, you have like Zeke and Pandoria, like pretty much doing a bunch of JoJo poses and being ridiculous. The, the best, the best JoJo reference. I'm saying though, is there's there's there needs yes. more. Like, the best JoJo reference in Xenoblade Two is putting Newt on Morag, because if you do, I think Newt's level three special where she does like the ora 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 ora, Morag actually kind of like does like that Jotaro yore yore does a pose. It's it's kind of cool. Oh my god! Oh, because she's got the hat. <laughs> yes, and she actually does like I did that not back turn. This how could I not? <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe it, it, I think it would depend on if you had. New okay, that's it. Barag is Jotaro. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's the same kind of like stoic character that cares about the others. And she calls everyone else a bitch. So. <laughs> oh wait, that didn't happen. No. <laughs> what Xenoblade two did you play? And where can I, I get I, it? I'm sorry, I mistook it for JoJo so much that I just didn't know. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, I think I think that pretty much has our uh, love covering, and I guess we can go into uh, close wrapping this up. Well, actually, I don't know if you guys still want to, but we talked about maybe going around and asking. Like your favorite pairings throughout oh, the world. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Oh boy. Well, that's a tough one. I mean, this can be canon or non. You don't have to pick an absolute favorite, but you can just like say, "Hey, I like this ship because this." Of course, I think well, you know, we did that. To some if extent, it's but... true, the entire Zill series, casted Junior all the way. <laughs> 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 totally not biased for these two. <laughs> But yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to go. I'm. I'm going to make like a really. This is going to be pretty divisive, but I'm going Uh to say Ziggy and Shulk. (laughs) Oh wait, that. Oh, never mind. What? No, this entire buffet, and that's what you put on your plate. (laughs) (laughs) Completely disregard that. (laughs) I just love that part where they meet. No, um, uh, I'll I'll uh, think on my real one though. Um, you guys go. I guess like cat, you go. Yeah, go cat. <laughs> oh no. 
I am still very attached to Cherenkov and Margulis, but um, not in a canon sort of way, in a more like wishful thinking, I wish they could work out kind of way, because they're both pretty. (laughs) (laughs) There'd be some sadomasochism going on there. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. he he, He does deserve better than his wife, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Margulis is maybe one step better than his wife, but still pretty bad. But yeah. uh, I like to write fluff fanfiction where they work it out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, I, I guess I have two. I actually kind of like the rivalry between Margulis and Jin, but uh, also, mm. but as far as like an actual story being told, I really enjoyed Shulk and Melia because of how like they both went through something very similar and are both kind of learning to deal with their flaws. And that kind of led to a lot of character development on both ends. Mm, That's cool. But I'm biased because I really like Melia, so. (laughs) Yeah, Melia's cool. I really, given, I I really like Zeke and Pandoria's, you know, I just, I, I like how much of of a dunce Zeke is in a way and just like how Pandoria deals with that and still definitely has feelings for him despite that and just like her her whole attitude for, towards it because she can be both like sarcastic and like make little fun remarks about it and but at the same time she just like deep down she just really likes him and like wants to look out for him too so yeah I, that i've always liked that i really i also really like the bard and margie thing despite what the implications of <laughs> things around that are don't shoot me <laughs> i'm sorry you're fine so yeah i'll shut my mouth and i mean jen and laura like I already mentioned that earlier, yeah. so, um, but I also will let you guys go because I'm going to try and think of an. Oh, I know another one. Here's the Xenoblade X one. I really like uh, Gwen and Arena. I was thinking about that one too, yes. actually. Yes. I actually, I well connected to that. I I, I like Arena and Murderous, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nice, nice, valid. For knowledge. that matter, I also want to bring up Doug and Lau. Yes, yeah. yes. Like I would totally. I, I probably said this before. I probably said this on that podcast even, but I would watch a buddy cop movie with Doug and Lau. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe you I, could have I like pre it. pre um family gone Lau, and you'd have just them like. So how are the wife and kids, Lau? And it'd like hit really deep on one level, and it'd also be it'd like because it'd be really sad, like oh, but it'd also be like you'd be happy because you'd be hearing about the better times, you know. <laughs> I love it. You should, you should write a fanfiction. <laughs> Green light. <laughs> Back when Lau first joined the force, I remember you know when we. We used to fight like cats and dogs, but I'll tell you later. We, I, I don't know where I'm going with this stuff. <laughs> I can't write one that fast. Well, you have a good start. Thanks. So, uh, I guess that close it, or do do we have more? I mean, we could plug again if you want. <laughs> 
I kind of did vlog like everything I had for the next few months that waited the last episode. What if? What if we have newer listeners? Yeah, I kept left. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I kept on having to leave, but uh, I am playing an obnoxious amount of Final Fantasy XIV, and if anybody wants to be friends with me on Final Fantasy XIV, DM me on Twitter. I, you know, I've been really considering trying out that free trial, and I have a lot of people on... Oh, I. It seems like all of my friend groups that play that game are split into, like, only two data centers, so I'd only have to make two characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! That's cool. Where would your most supportive support group be, though? I, I don't know at this point. It's pretty. It's getting to be an equal split. The more people I talk to. Oh no! Yeah, it's 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 rough. I, I mean, I think I would want to say, okay, I think I have a few more on the. Um, I get the data centers and the actual um, servers mixed up, but is one of them Crystal? Oh uh, yeah, Crystal is a okay, data center, yeah. and I'm on okay. Crystal. I know a, a bunch of people on Crystal, and I know a bunch of people on Hyperion. So, actually, I think I know more people on Crystal though. So, probably that okay. one. I think Hyperion is a server. I don't know off the top of my head which data center it's on. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah. if Hyperion is on Crystal, th- Crystal is a good place for you. <laughs> I, I think they're separate, is what I think I was told. But hey, Zeno uh, stuff. <laughs> okay, all right. So I will I will plug Final Fantasy fourteen for you here. Uh, the new expansion is high quality, like Xeno high quality. So if you like dark stories, horror, handsome older men, handsome older men, <laughs> very well, very well done uh, villains. Final Fantasy fourteen Shadowbringers. Uh, okay, hand. Okay, hand. Okay. Hand. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some pretty great parts of that via our friend of the show and all of us, David. Anyway, it, it's Yay. some good stuff. Hey, David. Got to get him back on here. This episode brought to you by Square Enix. <laughs> no, 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 no. Shout out to David. Come back on the show, please. Yes, he needs to come back. Um. Okay, so yeah, I guess we are kind of closing up a little bit. Um. So... um. Anybody else? I don't. Oh, this is such a weird ending. I'm sorry. Um, does anybody else have anything they want to plug or? Uh, well, we what they've been doing. I've been working on my workshop. In fact, I was painting just today, and I'm gonna going back to painting Aww. after this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm personally working on that cosplay workshop for Epic Zillow cosplay making. <laughs> Nice. Not a lot for me, kind of taking a break to just play some games, and I find that I went back to Xenoblade Chronicles X again, so we... um, I did go to a con yesterday, but like, I don't have much to say about that anymore, and huh. I don't have much else to plug, I, other than I am probably in the next few weeks going to really start working on Getting ready for my next stream, which I will be playing Xenosaga 2 for the Woot. sort of the first time. Ooh, sort of the first time, so as I got a little <laughs> taste of it. I got a little taste of a part of it. Yeah, um, thing is, uh, 
yeah, when you were at my place, you started it a bit, so. <laughs> yeah, it, I started it, and you know what? I actually enjoyed it pretty well so far. And and I mean the gameplay. <laughs> and the story was like really, really good. <laughs> yeah, the story of two is really good. I love it. Especially like if you're if you're kinda close to if you, if you like the URTVs and their stories as well of like some other specific things in Zill Saga, like Zill Blade she really hits it's just like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> but yeah uh i guess we're gonna leave the place to justin do you have something to play yeah uh yeah, all right so last weekend i was at a convention it's literally called a video game con and i was up in parsippany new jersey and I was a co-host for um, my friend's event called Tournament of Voices, which is essentially like a voice acting game show. And I was a co-host for that. We recorded it. That should be up on YouTube very soon via my friend's channel known as Retro Roulette. So be on the lookout for that. Um, that was a really, really great time. And a lot of people participating. It was just a lot of fun. And uh, other than that, I had a panel today. Um, I did my short and sweet RPG, Support Your Time, and that was really good. And other than that, I've been streaming lately. I've been playing just various games. I'm still trucking through Dragon Quest Four, and I will get back to streaming that very soon. I just had to stream a couple days ago for River City Girls, which is a really fun one. Yeah, it looked really and cool. And I can't wait to be playing that more. That game was... Hilarious. Yeah, and it's even better in co-op. Uh, last night, I was at my friend's house, and we were playing it together, and it's just so much better in co-op. It was fun in single-player, but co-op is just, like, another story. Like, I didn't expect, like, that level of animation and just, like, really good written dialogue that was legitimately funny. It was yeah. a good stream. It's really, really good. And the animation is even better, like, in person. Like, when you actually see it. Because I'm sure, like, the, the stream, the capture probably is probably, like, a little bit off. But, like, it's it's nuts. Like, you, you watch them run, and it's just like, wow, this is smooth. I mean, it looked pretty oh, God, smooth really from there. Well, that, that's good to hear. <laughs> but, yeah, that's pretty much everything that's going on with me right now. Okay. Um, well, uh, there's not really much going on with me. Um, I, I, uh, ordered a Xenosaga cosplay and it came in and it, I, I love it. So that's, that's the big thing with me right now. Like, if I could, like, stream and stuff, I would, like, wear my, cause I got an Alan cosplay. <laughs> I would stream myself building, like, my figurines as Alan. That'd be pretty funny, but. You know yeah, that? Whenever you receive cosmos, you should do an unboxing video as Alan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, yes. That's a great idea. I need to do that. Yes! Multi it would be iconic. Multi-person streamed that build day for different figures. I still have Siren here, not put together, and I need to get paint for it. But, yeah. Yeah, I still have my Telos in her box, and I... I'm very intimidated to put her together and paint her. <laughs> you can't do it. But, 
Oh, what? Yeah, so- someday. 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 Okay. We'll, b- we'll both put our figures together someday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, in that case, um, coming up, uh, let's see, because we have these... This is the last episode of Love, um, so hopefully by this time that this episode's up, we'll have part three and then also the Shulk episode. I'm going to try to hopefully get that done soon. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't think we have anything else planned as of yet, but um, be sure to check out our Twitter um, for the latest information about future uh, events or podcast episodes or polls um but um yeah um that's been love part four thanks uh, everybody for being here tonight i really appreciate uh, especially for us to keep the schedule going of having us all on this same series for the past four episodes it's (laughs) really awesome that we've been able to do this we hope you love it Yeah, and thanks anybody for listening. Um, so this has been ZenoChat, and have a good night. Bye. All right, take care, everyone. Bye. Good night. Save the game. through.